Today on The Breakdown, where is Timothy Adams from? Is he from space? (laughs) Is he from another planet? Is he from Mars? He might be from Mars. Where? No one knows, and no one can know. But something I do know is that two years ago, he was playing in Russia, probably, in the World Series of Poker Europe, high roller event, a $25,000 euro buy-in. <laughs> Grant is laughing at me, and we don't know why, but it was a $25,000 euro buy-in all the same. <laughs> what? What? You said dollar euro twice. <laughs> I did, didn't I? Oh, that's fucking great. All right. I'm going to start again right now. Here we go. Today on The Breakdown. Where is Timothy Adams from? <laughs> is he from space? Is he from Mars? There's no way to know. No one can know. That's beyond human understanding. But what we do understand is that in this 25,000 euro buy-in event, maybe in Russia, that's a World Series of Europe high roller event, Timothy Adams is going to, well, he's going to have an interesting spot ahead of him. Let me just say that. There are mountains sometimes. Sometimes there are molehills. Sometimes there's just hills that are are (laughs) too big for a mole. (laughs) But not so big that it's problematic for, you know, normal-sized people. But this is somewhere, this is bigger than that. You know, it's tough. It's tough to navigate. <laughs> All right, let's just get to another breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. I feel compelled to inform you, Jonathan, <laughs> yeah. that for sure we're keeping the whole thing. Of course. I wanted to keep the. I would never have restarted without keeping without the plan of keeping the original. Okay, that was why I did it the same way. Okay, good. I think that's funny. <laughs> okay, good. Oh no, no, of course, of course. By the way, I think the second one was more of a disaster than the first one. I don't know. Lie. You said twenty five thousand dollar euro <laughs> twice. <laughs> well, I didn't realize I did it the first time, so of course I'm going to do it the second. What's the time. dollar euro? <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's you know, it's a decentralized. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. It's like double centralized. It's a decentralized currency. You effectively squared the centralization of of the currency. Ah, the dollar euro. I mean, shouldn't there be a dollar euro though? Will one day won't there be a dollar euro? I ask you all. Crypto will make it happen. I mean, maybe. Although they probably won't call it the dollar euro. But I'm putting it out there, crypto offices that you guys should consider calling it that. Crypto offices. Yeah, you know, the government. Oh. Yeah, that's right. You guys think you're so cool. You're such rebels with your Bitcoin and your Ethereum. Guess what? Guess who's running the show? That's right. The president. But of what? President of what? <laughs> the shadow president, obviously. Yeah. Well, you know, in, uh, in England, they have a whole shadow government. Like, for real. Do you mean the queen? I do not, actually. So there's the so in England, there's whoever wins, like the political party that wins, like yeah. takes over, and then there's literally someone in every position in the the losing party, the number two party, um, who has the same position and are waiting to take over if there's like because you know in in England, like they don't have like scheduled fucking 
presidential elections yeah. or, or prime minister elections or whatever. It's like it's, suddenly there's an election. It just like happens really quickly and suddenly a new party's in power. That shit happens really fast. And so the way they do it is everyone's already been assigned their roles and everyone's like ready to go. And so there's like a shadow fucking whatever minister of finance and all that stuff that takes over right away. That's not what I what I mean when I say shadow government though. I mean oh. like an unknown entity that is actually controlling things, you oh. know. The guy behind the guy. Like Teddy Roosevelt is still alive and he's the shadow president. Why would it be why would it be Teddy Roosevelt? Cuz you not because even FDR, like Teddy Roosevelt is so much older. FDR had polio. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt took a bullet and survived. Which one do you think made it? Okay, hold on. Teddy Roosevelt took a bullet and survived, but he's currently dead. So did he survive? Currently did he dead. <laughs> did he survive? They can't see it when you do air quotes. You understand that, right? It's a podcast. I don't care. It's a podcast. It's a shadow podcast. <laughs> and Teddy Roosevelt like, let me educate the audience a little bit about something. Okay. Yes. The government has led you to believe the shadow government actually is behind all of this. Of course, that everybody dies. Yeah. That, that's a common belief among people who don't know stuff. <laughs> the, the less educated. Right. Yeah. The truth is not everybody dies. Yeah. Teddy Roosevelt is one of those people. Who yeah. Doesn't. How many people don't die? Like what, what are we talking here? I don't know. What do you mean? You don't know. I, I'm like, on the fringes of understanding it, like I, I, I have knowledge about it, but I don't have in-depth knowledge. About how did it. you learn? What did? You, how did you learn this knowledge? I took a class. <laughs> Where community college? Oh, that's all it takes. Depends on which community college. Yeah. So, like, who does know about it? Teddy Roosevelt. Anyone else? <laughs> Spiro Agnew, who's shadow vice president. He might be alive. He's the shadow vice president. Why do we need a shadow vice president? Why do we need a shadow president? Oh, I just figured out why we need a shadow vice president. In case the shadow president dies. Of course. <laughs> of course. Also to break ties in shadow Congress and the shadow yes, Senate. The shadow se- Yeah. The shadow Senate. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm cool with all that. That's yeah. fine. That's fine. Um, one of the things that's also cool as I transition away from this. Okay. This conspiracy talk. I can't wait to hear it. The conspiracy talk. A shadow government. Conspiracy talk. This this group of players who are left in this high roller event is pretty like pretty starry. It's like some big names, yo. Big names. Okay. Spout them off then. Michael Adamo. Have you heard of him? I mean, sort of. <laughs> I think he was the general on Battlestar Galactica, that, yeah, the yeah. old guy. <laughs> yeah, and his son was also there. His son? Well, the the character's son also was on the ship. Really? Who's oh, the yeah. character's son? The other one with the same name, but he was younger. I don't remember that. Well, guess what? Which which Battlestar Galactica are we talking about? The new one or the old the one? The new one. You know, there's a new, new one that's coming out, too. Well, it's, it's never going to be as good. No, it can't be as good. You know why? Because Edward James Olmos probably won't be in it. Of course he won't be. But I don't think he had a son. Oh, he has a son and the son dies. The son dies. Does the son die? I think the son dies and it's a whole thing. The son wants to like be a, you know, he dies like some like training accident. He like, there's flashbacks to it and stuff. I'm pretty sure. Anyway, Michael Adamo's in this tournament. Okay. Benjamin Pollock, remember him? He finished yeah. second in the freaking World Series of third, third in the World Series of poker. That guy can wear the shit out of a sweater. I'll tell you what. That guy is French as all hell. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's probably drinking espresso right now. Espresso. It's the Frenchest drink yeah. in the world. Uh, Makita Badzikowski is in this event. Well known for being a Makita Badzikowski. Dominic Nitschke. Yeah. Well known for his being philosophy. Europe. He's also Europe. His European. nihilism. Winifred Yu. 
I mean, I sure. Mean, household name. <laughs> <laughs> Manic Loser, he's not a household name, but people know who he is. Some yeah, he's done some stuff, and he's got that semi-angry look about him. I played Good with him Good for once. him. I played with him once. Timothy Adams, of course. John Noel Thorell. Did I you know? think I've heard of him. He's like he an was, older guy. He's like an older guy who was on the EPT in the early days who was horrible, I think. Ah. I'm pretty sure. I'm not 100% sure on that, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, who else? Uh, Vladimir Troyanovsky. Hey, yeah. he's like an older guy who was on the EPT for a long time who probably isn't very good, right? Very wealthy man. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Because he didn't ever play well, Yeah, it didn't right? seem to. He won a few things, but like that's just because he kept entering things. He made the only play that Joe Stapleton realized was bad by himself. Really? Yeah, I remember like that. Something against Vanessa Selps, probably. Was, I don't remember who it was against, but it was like, I remember he had King 9, and he did a complete Game 3 disaster on the uh, river. Oh, it was against Vanessa And Selps. it was the only time that Joe Stapleton, because he didn't, he was like doing live, he didn't have like the aid of Jimmy yeah. Fricky or whatever. He, he, it, actual Joe Stapleton, like one, two loser, probably Joe Stapleton. Yeah. Figured out that it was a bad play. Yeah. That's how bad it was. They were heads up for an, e- I think an EPT high roller title, I think. And he like raised King nine on the turn when it was like a Jack nine. I don't know. I don't remember the board. I don't want to say, but I remember it was absurd. Uh, Ray, Rainer Kempe. He's yeah. good. Friend of Federholt. There was a moment where he was considered the best tournament player in the world. I that think. is not true. He I won. Think. He won the super high roller bowl. That's that's all. Awesome. And then people were like, look at that guy's scarf. <laughs> Yeah, no one thought he was the best tournament player in the world. No. How dare you? I feel like Federer said it. Maybe he did. Yeah. They were like best friends, though. That's oh, like, yeah. That's, that's like you... me saying you're the best tournament player in the world. No one's going to take me seriously. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, Grant. Was that hurtful? No. No. I don't expect to be considered the best tournament player in the world. <laughs> All right. I'm just, I was going to think of another insult, but I'll just move on. There are other people, too. I'm not going to name them all. Yeah, you Grant. should stop. You went way it's too far super anyway. super boring. You said Winfred you. <laughs> I did that just as a joke, but then, I don't know. We didn't, we didn't do a whole lot with that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. Where is Timothy Adams from? Canada. I don't think so. I think that's what he says. He's said it for a long time. Where is he actually from? Is he from the planet Earth? Canada. Is he from a different planet? Maybe he's from the Yukon. It's probably pretty different up there. Is he from a planet called the Yukon are you, or a planet called Canada? Are you saying this because he seems to have no affect? Is that why? He, is he a robot? I'm yeah. asking this just as a question, Grant. But is that why? Is his general demeanor of like, he is like the ulti, he has the ultimate poker player demeanor of no affect. He is super no affecty. It is true. He's never happy or sad. Yeah. And it's not that he's just affect. Internally, he's never happy or sad. I've done tests. You can tell. I've run tests. Yeah. The happy sad test. But the, here's the thing about Tim Adams. It's weird for somebody with no affect who's not particularly interesting on the surface. Yeah. We seem, it seems like we can't quit him. We, we've been yeah. doing a lot of Tim Adams hands. We have. Well, I'll tell you what. He actually plays. He makes unusual decisions. Yes, he does. In big spots against really good players for lots of money. Yep. So like I can understand why we do hands. It's like, oh, hey, Timothy Adams went all in for three times the pot again, you know, in like a huge spot. Like, let's this fucking is probably talk like about the it. 13th, 14th, maybe 15th Tim Adams hand we've done. I mean, come on. You just lost your mind. Tenth? It's like the sixth. Oh, of since we started doing this podcast, the seventh then like there's no way we're in double digits with Tim. So Adams we're at least hands. three episodes away from him saying that we're obsessed with him. Right. <laughs> oh yeah, now we're going somewhere. <laughs> yeah. I like this. Um, he may he you know he's someone who could actually say like we only do hit pieces because I feel like we almost never agree with his decisions. I, I think we've agreed with some of his decisions yeah, have we? for sure. Yeah, I think oftentimes we're like this is way too much. You're bluffing way too much. Well, yes, and not just in terms of frequency even, but often we think like the the amount he puts in is like 
bad and stuff like that. Right, but I think we have a, a relatively common criticism of him that's that's common throughout our criticisms of him, and it's not like a nuanced overall criticism of his game. We, oh, right. We both of believe course. him to be an elite tournament player, but we think sometimes he like over bluffs in yes. spots where it's like obvious because he's Tim Adams and he's done it a bunch of times. Exactly. No, yeah. that's right. And he not only does he over bluff in terms of frequency, he over bluffs in terms of sizing. It, mm-hmm. it seems like it seems like he almost never has it in those spots. All of that From said, seen. His, his success at the highest level is pretty absurd, so hard, hard to defend our position if really pressed on it. Yeah, and in fact, we're only talking about hands we've seen. Yeah. There may be, maybe he is balanced enough that it's fine. I'm not aware that he is. I think often he's just doing like a situational thing of like, you just can't call up most of your range here, right? So you just have to follow It also up. might be error related. I mean, this guy has been doing it at a high level for mm. a decade. Yeah. And it's possible that some of the times that we're talking about, we're looking at it through a 2020 or 2021 lens. And it was 2014 and it always worked, you yeah. know? Like, That's right. It, it could be a different thing. That's true. And, and the math actually does support these big overbets as long as people are going to be reasonable on the other end, meaning reasonable and like mostly fold because they're like, it's just not worth it, man. Yeah. He bet three times the pot, like whatever. Like, I'm just going to only call it the absolute best, best, best hands and fuck it. Like, I'm not going to make a hero cults too much. And Tim Adams is sitting there like, boy, this doesn't have to work very often for this to, if this guy, you know, calls 10% of the time, I'm destroying the world when I bet two times the pot. Like, you know, all I do is print. So... Yeah, maybe this might be a winning strategy, even though we don't we think it's a little bit transparent and it's a little too too common, you know, meaning like he does it too often. Yeah. Seemingly, at least. Seemingly, especially considering his competition is generally very high level. Like what I really want in life is to be at a super high roller table, final table with like four players left, and have Tim Adams there with a big stack and have me a big stack, and then not fold when he does that. Because I'll probably win the hand. That's what I want. Like. You want that, or do you want Bitcoin to be worth $10 million? Oh, I'll take the uh, Bitcoin. I'll take Bitcoin less than $10 million, but more than, you know, some, some other number. <laughs> more than zero. Well, yeah, like Bitcoin. It's all going to work out great with Bitcoin, though. I don't have to worry about that. It's going to be $10 million anyway. Grant? Okay. So I, so I got to root for the other thing. For the Tim Adams situation. By the way, notice I didn't even say I win the hand. I just want him to go all in and <laughs> decide to call and, you know, with the, yeah. near the top, with like, an, I'm high enough in my range that I can call. That's all you want. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't need to win. It goes how it goes. I'm totes cool. You're definitely cool. I am totally cool. Well, let's talk about Tim Adams because he plays okay. cool poker. That's fair. Also cool is the name Nolan Falcon. Yes. I mean, that's awesome. That's I'm I'm sure Nolan has suggested before because I'm sure we've talked about his name before. It sounds familiar. I think we've talked about Falcons before. I mean, your your memory is terrible. I'm going to go with yes, we have <laughs> had Nolan Falcon suggestions before. Nolan, thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> Grant, by the way, is sure we've done this hand before when we were watching. I'm like, there's no chance we've done it's, it. We I guess we haven't done it, but we've definitely looked at it. Yeah, I'm just saying. You're telling me my memory's so bad. You're like, we've done this hand. We've done this. Hand. I'm like, we haven't. Well, we looked at it closely at and the very I least. Bu- I bullied him into doing it. So if we've done it before. You're welcome. Yeah. It's, it's fine. A, it's a 2021 20, uh, It's a poker lens. guy's double take. Yeah. I, honestly, we could probably do a bunch of hands we did in like 2015, 2016, and it would be a completely different podcast. Anyway. That's probably true. It'd probably be a really entertaining, wonderful podcast. Of course it would. So who cares? Anyway. Yeah. One last thing about Timothy Adams. Where Please. does he stand on the all-time money list, Grant? How good I'm is I'm going to guess not top 10, but I'm going to guess top 20. So like 14. Well, he is not in the top 10, and he is in the top 20, so that was good. He is not 14th, though, so that was bad. So 50-50, you're like, you're like a, an okay NBA player. Thanks. Yeah. That's, I make a lot of money then. I said you're like an okay NBA oh. player. You're not an NBA player. That's too so, bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, like so where, where is he? He's 20th. Oh, okay. So you just got there. But that's still pretty good. Total live earnings of $24 million, Grant. But when they play these super high rollers yeah, all the does time, it, really it fucks count. it all up. It does fuck it up a little bit. Total um, earnings is a bullshit way to go about everyone this. Everyone knows that. Now, I will say this about him. His current GPI ranking is ninth. So that's pretty good. That's good. I'm going to give him... I'm going to say he's very, 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 very good. Yes, he is. So let's see what he does in the hand. Okay, great. All right, so there's like... 20-ish players remaining in this high roller. We're pretty sure it's exactly 20. We're pretty sure the bubble has just burst. And it is a 25,000 euro buy-in, not a dollar euro buy-in, but 25,000 euro buy-in with over 100 entries, something like 120 entries. 133. Okay. So probably a pretty decent first place on this bad boy. Uh, Just a little under a million bucks, like $950,000. Pretty good for only having to beat 133 schlubs. Schlubs is the word with these guys. Yeah. Hell yeah. Winford, you give me a break. All right. So Tim Adams, he's going to start the action off. He's got 5.4 million. I think the blinds are 8160 based okay. on his open sizing. It's close enough. He's got 5.4 million. He opens to 350K. So he's got like 30 some odd blinds, 33 blinds or something like that. Yeah. He's in the blinds. hijack. He's got okay. King of Diamonds, Jack of Spades, Bubbles Just Burst. Okay. Then we've got in the big blind, the most Italian name of all time, perhaps Giancarlo Speranza. Yes. Very. Very Italian. It's like that's like the John Smith in America. Giancarlo Speranza in Italy. Yeah, that's like he's only got a few possible professions he's allowed to go into. Right. And one of them is shoemaker. <laughs> but Daniel Day Lewis is doing all of that job. <laughs> no, he's a cobbler. That's completely different. He's that's, fixing shoes, oh, he's not true. making shoes. Wow. You are really offensive to Italians. I often am, yeah, that's yeah. true. I'm, Just a, quarter, I'm that. a quarter Italian, it's fine. Oh, you know what? You are a quarter of Italian. Italian grit. That's what we used to call yeah. you. Giancarlo Speranza, the most Italian man yes. in the world. What's the most Canadian name? Yukon Brad? <laughs> there is a guy named Yukon Brad, yeah. and he's still alive, as it turns well, out. He's not, his real name is not Yukon Brad. But. I mean, his, we call him Yukon Brad. But um, the most Canadian name is like Dudley Brad. Stir. <laughs> Dudley Bradster. All right. Maybe he'll get in this hand. Unfortunately for Dudley Bradster, yeah. the action's already passed because Speranza's yeah. in the big blind. Yeah. Speranza has Adams covered. Adams has 5.4 million. Speranza has 7.3 million. 10 8 of diamonds. He's going to call. Yeah. This seems totally normal and cool, and I love it. Good. I love it too, then. I'm glad you love it. We can love it together. Okay. We will. Okay. All right. The pot is now 940,000. Mm-hmm. The flop is pretty good for Timmy. King of spades, ten of spades, nine of spades. Tim, of course, with the king and the jack of spades. So he's got the jack high flush draw and top pair and a straight draw. Jack high straight flush draw. Oh, yeah. The that's queen right. of spades will do it. That'll be a bingo. Yeah, but pretty good flop anyway. Yep. Speranza with a medium flop for him. He's got a he's got a middle pair, ten eight of diamonds. Yeah. It's like a scary flop, but still. It's like, God damn it. All right, whatever. It's fine. Let's play. I'm going to check call, I guess. Yeah, like I'm obviously not folding the flop unless you bet some weird amount. That's exactly what happens. But the question is, the only question is, should Adams ever check? Because Speranza checks, Adams bets 300K into 940, whatever, Speranza calls. The only nuanced thing here is Adams choosing to bet, which is standard, but you could argue for a check. I think the best reason not to check, besides the fact that we have a, we're pretty high up in our range, and we've got reasonable value kind of a thing, and we can come up with hands that can call us and all that. But um Another really good reason to bet is that there are going to be a bunch of cards that come on the turn that will kill action. Uh, like if we make a straight, that could scare our opponent. Uh, if, we, if, if a flush card comes, that could scare our opponent as well. And so betting now seems like 
a good time to try and get some chips in there when we've got a pretty darn good hand. That's fair. Yeah. Can you think of uh, arguments for the other side for checking? I'm sure you can. If Giancarlo Speranza is a maniac, then you could just hope he bluffs in the future. Yep. That's basically that. it. Yeah. Sometimes with the maniacs, you got to throw a little chum in the water too, though. You know? Yeah. Like if you check back this, for example, like, and he's a maniac, his, his alarm bells might already be going off of like, he's trying to get to showdown. And I'm going to have to put, like, I'm going to have to bet really big on turn and river kind of. Now, maybe that works anyway for Speranza. If, if he indeed is even a maniac, but you know, like by C betting a, a flop, you're supposed to C bet and would normally C bet. Then nothing is no alarm bells go off. Like I'm thinking about the Kristen Bignell hand we did against Dara O'Kearney, uh, like a week ago. Yeah. I think it came out where Dara flopped top set and checked and Kristen had flopped bottom set. And that is part of the reason why she ultimately didn't go broke in that hand. Uh, is be- now I understand why he checked. There were obviously yeah. other reasons, um, why he checked, which he's crushing the board and so on. Um, but, but still, like, that, that is notable. It was a board that normally Dara would probably have bet even three ways, which is what it was. Like, it was like a king seven five rainbow. Yep. And he was the opener from, like, middle position. It was the button called, and she called him the small blind, I think. So he's mostly going to bet. It that. ended up basically impossible for him to mask the strength of his hand. For Dara. That is true. That's right. No matter, based on the way it went. And yeah. Had he C-bet the flop possibly he would have been able to uh, get a lot more money in there. Bicknell might have check-raised. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if not, if she, like, she's probably check-raising the turn. Or yeah. check-raising the river. Like, now, this is a particular spot where it's a cooler spot, and she's so good she actually was able to get away on the river after mm-hmm. she bet folded. Um, but still, like, doing the, doing the thing that's expected is a good way to disguise your hand, is all I'm saying. Sure. No, he doesn't have a monster. Of no, course. it's not like, like he's not, got. No, he's just got like a good hand with some additional equity. I mean, this is this is a hand we obviously can't fold though if we bet and get raised. Like, right, but way it, too good. It immediately becomes uncomfortable. Yep. And you know, we're starting to think about what who our opponent is and what kinds yep. of hands he's doing. This so, time. I guess that's another small reason to check if you want to avoid that spot. Yeah, getting check raised. Yeah. Right. At the same point, uh, we're like just made the money. We've all locked up $44,000. It turns out first place is $973,000. Not what I said. Like Euros or dollars? Dollars. It's okay. 870,000 euros. Um, and like, I think we should be trying to like loosey goosey it up a little bit here, you know, and not like worry too much about that stuff. Like we should be trying to win pots, you know, and like build pots when we've got good hands and stuff like that. Well, I agree with that, but I don't think we should ever put money enough blinds in that it's not profitable with a hand that it's not profitable with. Well, I agree with that. Yeah. But Which, this is, this is, you know, a good hand. Yes. We flopped very well. Yes. And I think betting is standard. I just think it's the only thing that you could change about this flop is sometimes you could check if you're Adams. Okay. Fair enough. Like if I'm against Viffer, I'm probably checking this flop. See, again, I think Viffer probably, you probably do better in the long term against Viffer if you actually see bet this flop. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. But like, I feel like maybe it doesn't matter. If Viffer's deciding he's bluffing, maybe it doesn't matter what like, you Like, Viffer do. doesn't have, from, from our experience yeah. of doing Viffer hands and watching Viffer on TV, he doesn't have bluff ranges that are making sense with the board. He just sometimes decides yes. to bluff. So if Viffer has three, four of diamonds on this board, he's probably just going to check fold and do it quickly. But if you check back, there's a chance Viffer's like, oh, now it's time to bluff. You know, like a player like Viffer. Uh, yeah. At the same point, I just want to go back to what I said before. Like, when we check back that board, this kind of a board, as the preflop raiser, like, Viffer's going to assume we have a showdownable hand that, you know, he can move us off some of that, but he's going to know he can't move us off all of that. It depends. A lot of high-level players check all monochromatic boards. Um, Yeah. 
That is true. It's that, also that's not, fair. It's that's not, fair. This is not like a super range advantage board for Adams here. It's, I mean, he has more nut yeah. flushes and he has, I guess he has more big kings, but he has fewer kings overall. He has more ace of spades in his hand. Uh, which also. is not really a made hand at all. That's no, but it's the kind of hand that has a lot of equity and feels like is, is going to put a lot of chips in, right? It's I just, not, it's not a hand you're this trying is to not, bluff. This is not one of those, like, I feel like it's, it's not fair to, to, Talk about this board as if it's an obvious like you're, no, range you're advantage right. for Adams. I wasn't thinking of it as monochromatic actually because I'm not looking at it and you are. So like, it's not even fair. if it's not monochromatic, I don't think it's much of a range advantage. I mean, what is it? King ten nine? Yeah, it's a clear range advantage. I mean, if we were using a solver right now, we could run it and see. But we're not. We're we're going to start to incorporate that a little bit, but not like we used to. No, we're going to do it better. <laughs> yeah, we're going to do it at the end of the analysis. Yeah. Then we're going to like take a pause and run everything and see, so it doesn't affect our analysis or anchor us in any way. Yep. So we're worried about that happening back in the old days. But anyway, we're not doing any of that. We haven't done that yet, and we're not doing it this time. So anyway, how about we don't argue about this anymore? All right, we could do this forever. I would love to stop arguing about it. Adams bets 300k Speranza calls. That's all pretty standard and normal. Oh, Adams, who's so good, agrees with me. I see. So I win. (laughs) That is the end of the argument. Congratulations. You win that one. Yep. You might also win some bets on nitrogen sports if you're lucky. Oh, I am lucky sometimes. Okay. Well, guess what? There's a link in the description. It goes to nitrogen sports, which is a wonderful Internet playground is, I guess, what I would call it. So it's a it's a place where you can basically uh, virtually get naked. Please swing swing your bits around, right? This is not this is not good. This is a bad ad now. No, no, you've done a bad job. I I think now everybody knows what you want to do. Does not everyone want to virtually? Okay, let's talk about something besides that. Nitrogen has uh, a bunch of stuff you can do. One of them is sports betting. Yep. That's pretty fun. Yep. It's good times. NBA is going on. Yep. Super Bowl is coming Super up. Super Bowl. Got it in like six days. Yeah. Bet on someone. I mean, you might as well. There's probably tons of prop bets up on Nitrogen you could do. Of course It's a lot of fun. Check out Super Bowl bets on Nitrogen. Yep. Nitrogen great, of course, because they pay out so quickly because it's a Bitcoin-only site, which is pretty awesome, too. They pay out 90 minutes, unlike everybody else who takes days. That is correct. It is wonderful to sports, but they also have casino games to scratch that itch. They also have, of course, poker, Poker. which is the best reason they use the link because you get special access to things if you use the link in Nitrogen Poker, including our monthly tournament, which is just the greatest deal in the world. 100 millibit guarantee. It costs 0.1 millibits to buy, and that means 1,000 buy-ins are guaranteed. They cap it at 300 players, do a little math. It's a good deal, and Bitcoin's worth a decent amount these days, so that overlay is legit. It's sweet. And now, so you're saying they have what three things? They've got the the casino games, they've got the sports betting, they've got the poker and the tournament, and all that. And now the fourth thing, of course, which is the naked bitch yeah, yeah. swinging. They have that. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it's a great place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, they've cordoned off the Jonathan naked section <laughs> so that you won't accidentally click on it or anything. Yeah, you won't accidentally click on, but if you want to, <laughs> it'll be there for you. Good, good to know. See the virtual. Virtual stuff. <laughs> Did we go too far? Time to move on. Do you think? Do you think the sponsor is going to have any issues with the naked stuff? Nah, we've done far worse in the past. Have we? We've begun talking about Hitler during the ad like <laughs> at least ten times. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I've just repressed it all. I guess I'll repress this one too. All right, so. please do. All right, I will as well. 
The pot is 1.54 million. Tim Adams with King of Diamonds, Jack of Spades on the King 10-9 all spade board. Speranza in the big blind is check called with 10-8 of diamonds. The turn is the King of Hearts. By the way, we just feel like Speranza just has to call once. Right? Yes, yes. I mean, it sucks with three spades. Can't, just can't, can't fold. fold. Not against pair. a good player. I mean, yeah. there are some players you can actually fold against who are just like complete nits who are very obvious and bad. Yeah, but... By the way, like you said, a lot of players are going to check the monochromatic board, but like if Tim Adams has exactly the ace of spades, he may be a little more inclined to bet, which is a hand we actually are ahead of right now. So True. That's kind of cool. Anyway, please continue. All right. King of hearts in the turn. Tim hey. now has trips. It also will embolden Speranza, meaning, yes. meaning that Adams now has fewer kings in his range. Absolutely. And it goes check, check. Let's have a little chat. Yeah. Speranza checking obviously makes all the sense in the world. He's going to check, figure it out. Like if Adams bets, he's usually calling, but he might fold. Depends yep. on the situation and the size. Uh, Adams checking back. Bring it on. Maybe this is the, uh, I think Speranza is a little bit of a maniac. So now it's time to show some weakness. Like, I'm, like I bet the flop because like he expects me to do that a fair amount of the time because it's a C bet. And now I'm checking back the turn to induce. That's all I got. That is one decent theory. Yeah. Another is that Adams is concerned that his range becomes a little bit too strong if he bets again. Yeah. Like uh, that's fair. If he's if he's not perfectly balanced and Speranza isn't aware of his perfect balance. Now, if he is, then it, it changes things because there's lots of hands that Adams can decide are in his continuing semi bluff range. The Ace of Spades looms large there. Maybe the Queen or Jack of Spades also would be in there. But for value, you would think. King Jack would be the very bottom of, of Tim's continuing range here. He would never bet anything worse than that, right, on the term yeah, for value. I think, I think that's definitely true. Um, yeah, and maybe because the board pairs, maybe Tim's aware that he's checking back the ace of spades a lot here also. Right, because Speranza has plenty of kings in his range and is probably yes. calling with tens. Yes, exactly. And like so now we're setting ourselves up where we just don't have a lot of fold equity and it sucks. And we've got a showdownable hand. That can improve and we don't want to get blown off it and so on and so forth. Uh, so if he's checking that, maybe he feels like he's got to check a lot of his range here. Yeah. And maybe he does bet some value, but like I said, this is probably the very bottom hand that he could legitimately yeah. bet for value. And so maybe he just removes that. Like maybe he's betting his Kings full and, and some of his flushes, especially the non nut flushes, I would guess. Um, yeah. And, and then checking a lot of his Kings because he's like, well, I just can't bet that often because of all these factors on this board. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, oh. the board should be really scary to him most of the time. Right. And by the way, he could absolutely be losing right Oh, now. for sure. Speranza could easily have a flush. He could have kings full. He could have other flushes. He could have, have, have yeah. flopped a straight. I mean, yeah. usually you're ahead as Tim Adams. Yeah. For sure. But like, you know, he did call once and the board got, I mean, the board was good for us. That's a good card for us, for sure. But like, if we're behind, we'd hate to have to put in a lot of chips and then try and get there, you know, because that'd be, that'd be lame. Yep. All right. That wasn't as hard as I thought it was. No, be. it really wasn't. You did a good job explaining uh, why he might check. That's that was all you, bro. Yeah, there's a bit of a contradiction in my analysis though that I want to point out, um, which is it's kind of implicit that Adams is concerned that he won't get called by a ten that often, but that's part of the reason why he wouldn't bet with a lot of his other value is because or with his his semi bluffs because he's concerned about getting called by a ten, mm -hmm. right? So he either is or isn't getting called by a ten, and I can't have it both ways in the analysis, but I chose to. You see. I chose to. But if you can't and you cho choose to anyway, what is that? where does that leave us? That means that nothing is real, which has always been known, and there's a shadow government. Where is Tim Adams even from? What planet? That's a, I mean, we'll figure it out eventually. Yeah. Anyway, 
some version of that is why Tim Adams drives back. Right. We can't really know. I, th- yeah. I think I think to your point though of like he's just most checking back most things here except his strongest strongest parts of his range and maybe maybe some of the weakest the very weakest parts of his range that decided to bet the flop maybe he's got gonna have some bluffs and maybe that's maybe maybe he'll have some weird bluffs or like like weird queens like ace queen with no spade maybe he decides to take another shot at maybe maybe i don't know maybe not but that would be the kind of that would be the kind of hand where you're like i just don't have much equity so trying to get trying to fold out a 10 has more value or fold out a, a spade yeah has more value all right so we're heading to the river okay We've got the king ten nine all spade, then king of hearts on the turn. Sure, I'm river fine. river's the seven of spades. Hey, guess who made a flush? Tim Adams. Tim Adams did. That's right. not happy about it though. I mean, he's not unhappy about it. I would rather have the deuce of diamonds, wouldn't you, if you were Tim? Um, yes, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. It's I mean, not too bad. Let's think about it for a second. Okay, what are the worst cards in the deck for Tim's hand? Uh, the king of diamonds because he's holding that right <laughs> counterfeits the no, whole I'm, thing. I'm he makes quads and it doesn't count. What I'm trying to say is the spade yeah. is actually the worst card for for Tim. There's no worse card in the deck. I that can't be right. Why do you think that? Just take it at face value. Yeah. Name a worse card. Okay. Um, because we have trips already. See the, th- all right. It's not easy to name a worst card. I'm going to admit this because if if our friend had a pair, yeah, I guess from his point of view, the thing is, of course, if we're up against the flush, we could have counterfeited the flush. You know, that's like we could have taken the lead against certain. Flushes. So unlikely that we're not getting check raised on the flop by a small flush. I mean, I don't know if that's really true at this level. Like a small flush, they're not. They're not always going to check raise. Not always, but it's free- gonna, it's going to be frequent. It's. Th- yeah, but I, you say you say it like it's like eighty percent of the time. I think it's definitely nowhere close to that. Okay, regardless of that. Okay, I don't think you can name a worse card than a spade. It's getting. I'll admit it's harder than I would have thought to name a worse card than a spade because an ace doesn't matter. An ace isn't a problem. Um, a jack is good for us. A queen is good for us. A queen is the same, I yeah. guess. Really, right? Um, but a queen is actually not a problem because, like, I guess we're not Bronza, against ace jack. could have ace jack. He could. Ace Jack with the Ace of Spades, specifically, right? Or just Ace Jack and check calling the flop is possible? I don't think so. Probably three not. Spades out yeah, there. probably not. So it's got to be with the Ace of Spades, which he's actually inclined to check yeah. raise that a fair amount on the flop, too. Which then, obviously, we're losing to that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. I can't actually come up with a worse card from, from his point of view, from Timothy Adams' point of view. So I guess you're right. Uh, fair enough. Yeah. That sucks. I hate being wrong. And I, even more, I hate you being right. I know. I'm aware of it that. It really sucks. And getting both at the same time is like, man, it's like someone, someone like took out the pickles in my Whopper. I have, I have a way to make it easier for you. Mm. Just agree with me all the time and it won't happen. Not interested. Okay. <laughs> well, you're going to keep having this situation occur then. <laughs> I'm going to choose to pass on Okay. That. Sounds good. All right. So anyway, Tim now is the Jack High Flush on this paired board with King Jack. King 10, 9, King 7. Jack 8 got there and 6 8 got there. Those probably aren't big factors. I guess Speranza could have Jack 8 more than 6 8. He could. Yeah, he could have some Jack 8. But he's not going to love it, obviously. If, thi- he has a, if he has a flush, it's an 8 high flush at best. I don't even know if he's drawing, though, unless he's got the, yeah, the Jack 8 with the 8 of spades in his hand, though, right? And like, then he's got the 8 high flush and not really the straight, yeah. which is not that much of a hand anyway. Um, so Speranza's going to check. Okay. Not much to say there, right? 
No, I mean, we, we check. We hope it goes check, check, and we just get to win. Otherwise, I guess we're just going to check. It's pretty tough to be winning. Up. Like, Adams has to have, like, ace-five of diamonds to bet the flop. And give up. Yeah. He might not give up on this river now when we check. But we, but he might. He could yeah. also be like, yeah, I think you have too many, like, weird single spades here. I just don't want to mess around. It's not a big... The pot's not that big. It's fine. Right. All right. So this is one of those spots in poker that is yeah. a little tougher than it looks on face value, where... It feels really kind of weak to not go for value with the jack high flush here. But it's also not that easy to get called by a lot of stuff by most players. No, maybe some, maybe at this level, it's easier to get called. I, I, I would think so. Yeah. I would think any spade in our opponent's hand is going to think for at least a really long time. Even like if somehow our opponent had like, I mean, he can't really, I guess he could have king deuce with the deuce of spades. He could have a hand like that. Um, that he called pre-flop because he was in the big blind and flop top pair and call. Then now has the deuce of spades. In his yeah. um, or some king rag with the, with the, with the raggy spade. Um, I don't think it's going to be an instant fold if we bet. Right. I think, so I, I think especially at this level, like we can really get called by all the spades. It's at least possible. And maybe even trip kings sometimes. Maybe. So maybe. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Uh, that's, that's not the case in most of the games that our listeners are playing. And right. it's not the case in the, you know, five to $1,500 live tournaments that you and I were ubiquitous in before the pandemic hit. Right. You know, like you're not really betting the Jack of spades a lot of the time against a lot of players, especially late in the tournament. Right. And late in the tournament where they're just not going to mess yeah. around. They're going to be like, you got the ace of spades way too often. I'm not, I'm sure you have it. I don't want and more than that. I would, the pain of being wrong is too much. I'm not going to call. Right. Right. But this is not that. So, like, in this 25K high roller, right. there's, there's going to be way more, like, hero calls and all that stuff. Yeah, so Adams kind of has to bet. I think he has Still to. uncomfortable. It's not ideal, but you, I, think, I think he absolutely has to bet. So he bets 900K. Okay. Obviously, this is not the end of the thing because it's a breakdown. I mean, should Speranza call with his 10? He could. Maybe that is the end of the thing. Then. And the calling would be a terrible play, right? Because, like... It seems weird. It's like Adams checked back with the ace five of diamonds to use an earlier yeah. example and then decided to go for it on the river. That's what you're really hoping for, but it seems unlikely. That's all you got. For yeah. sure. I guess he could turn like a nine into a bluff or something like that too. Cause he's yeah. afraid it's not good enough, you know, like nine, eight suited or something. But I think calling seems like a terrible That's idea. That's the worst option. Yeah. The question is what's the second worst option? Cause what Speranza opts yeah. for is to move in for 3.9 million more effective. Wow. It's a big move in. This hand got crazy fast. Obviously, if he's going to put more chips in, this is the better choice. Yeah. Is his blocker good enough? That's the ultimate question from Speranza's perspective. Is just a lone 10 a good enough blocker to king 10 and 10s full to make this move in profitable against Tim Adams' range? I mean, it doesn't feel to me like it's good enough. I would like us to have more. I'd like us to have like 10-7. Or a king, maybe. A king would be great. But 10-7, at least we block more full houses. We yeah. just block tens full and I guess king 10. Fine. Uh, I'm not, a, I'm not, it doesn't feel like enough. That said, from our point of view, we might be thinking of Speranza. Might we even fold out the ace of spades sometimes? Well, we might. And because, and like for Adam's full houses, right? Like, uh, King 10 and 10's full are by far the most likely. He probably opens king nine suited. Yeah. He probably doesn't have king seven in his range. I think that's, Probably right, opening from the hijack. Right. He's probably not got sevens full as played. I don't know if he's betting the flop with pocket sevens. I don't know either. I don't know either. I would guess not. Well, there are two red sevens or something like that because it's all spades and the seven yeah. spades comes on the river. Maybe he just like is doing an equity denial, get the hell out of this hand, not Maybe. check back and auto lose. Maybe. He might sometimes see bet that. He might. 
You'd think nines full would bet the turn. You'd think that of tens full also. I would think that full houses are betting the turn a lot. Probably not king ten. Maybe king ten checks back because it's just like I have the board so crushed. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. At the same point, we could bet small and try and like charge the spade draw or the whatever. Well, maybe Speranza's thinking that then. Yeah. That Adams doesn't have any full houses and Speranza, Speranza yeah. blocks it. So the second piece of this, though, is not just what am I blocking, but also what am I representing? Is Speranza doing a good job representing a full house? Because the yeah. minimum he's doing this with is a full house, right? He's not check shoving a flush. He's got the ace of spades. Would he ever consider check shoving? I don't think so. No. You wouldn't assume you're getting called by worse very often, no, right? It's really tough to. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why this play actually is kind of beautiful, right? Look, Tim Adams has the jack of spades and yeah. now is in this really rough spot. Uh, yeah, I think we're I think you're right. I think we're repping full houses, and the full houses we're repping are like King seven. I guess all the full houses we could have, really, because we could have slow played the flop. Yeah, we could have spades, and also we could have been slow playing anyway. Yeah. Like we might just call anyway with two pair. On the flop. Yeah. King nine, king ten. I think nines full and tens full are in Speranza's range also, but he's more likely to lead the turn with those than in any other hand. He also has some pre-flop three bets there when Tim Adams yeah. opens with like 33 blinds effective. Yeah, he might just jack. be getting it in. Wouldn't be, Especially like, when the ICM stuff is not really effective. A lot of players are just going to rip it there yeah. pre-flop. Uh, a lot of them. So time. it feels like mostly king X for Speranza's full houses. Yes, I think so. Like we give him a little bit of nines full, tens full, but... Not much. And you can actually, we can, I think we can eliminate sevens full of kings because the seven of spades is on the board. If, yeah. he had, if, the seven, if it was a different seven and there were four spades out there, we could say it's at least possibly called once with the right. seven of spades. But without sense, it, but yeah. No. no, he doesn't have sevens full. Right. So I think Speranza's story is at least feasible, but it's not like a super good story. It's pretty thin. It feels pretty thin. All right. So that's the first thing that Adams is grappling with. The second thing that Adams is going to grapple with is, is how does he decide which hands to call with against this story? Yeah. Right. And I think. This is one that is actually a pretty easy yes. Any king with a big spade feels like a call in this spot, unless your opponent is a complete transparent nit, right? Like, how, how do we not call with King Jack with the Jack of Spades here when we block his most likely full houses and we have one of the big spade blockers? I mean, when we can eliminate pocket sevens and eliminate at least a bunch of combos of pocket tens and pocket nines, not that there were a whole lot left anyway, but... You know, if we start with like, there's nine combos of those three sets, right? And then we actually get to pretty quickly, well, there aren't because there's, you know, fucking, there's fucking no combos of sevens. And since he's three betting tens and nines a lot of the time, maybe there's two combos total of those or something instead of out of six, maybe less. Yeah. Now we're down to, yeah, like king 10, king nine, maybe king seven. That's and we, it. And we block that very heavily. We have a king right in our hand, and it's much harder. And he might have raised king seven, king 10, king, you know. On the oh, sorry, king, not king seven, king 10, king nine on the flop. Yeah. Also, and here's the other thing. He might lead the river a fair amount. Yep. When we check back the turn, and it's a scary card, trying to make sure we, he gets called by a spade, and we don't just let's, check back our medium Let's spades. give Speranza a little more credit than that, because the way he's going about this is to represent, obviously, those types of hands. Yes, so yes. We, can, we can assume that he's competent enough to sometimes lead and sometimes not. Right? Sure. No, I think so. But I'm saying, like, sometimes some of those combos are going to yeah. be leading the river. They have to, right? Right. So we can eliminate a little bit more of the combo val- the value from the combos a little bit. I think what this comes down to is, is kind of once again, if we're talking about a one K tournament that you or I are playing this is, and we found a bet for some reason, oh, yeah. this is an easy, easy fold. So easy. But against these types of players in this 25 K world series poker Europe event with these blockers, 
you just have to close your eyes and hope it's okay. I think so. I mean, when I was saying at the beginning, like what I really wish in my life is to be at this, you know, in this spot against Timothy Adams, basically like this is exactly the kind of hand I'd want to have against Timothy Adams where I'm like, okay, it's not ideal. I can't snap call, but of course I have to call against this guy when he just check raised for a million. Except it's Timothy Adams with the hand. I know this time it's crazy. It's like metaphysics, man. It's like, I don't even know who is and isn't anymore. You know, that's actually something that's always true, but, Either way, Adams does find the call. I think it's honestly against top competition, a pretty elementary call. Yeah, I do too. Having that king is so powerful. Yeah. Maybe the interesting question is, what if we didn't have a spade? Right. Or what if what if we had queen jack with the jack of spades? Right. I mean, that's that's a sad spot. To yeah. Have queen jack with the jack of I spades. I think those are folds. Queen jack with the jack of spades feels like a fold. Yeah. Now, uh, if we had just about, like a king jack of diamonds type of hand. I mean, we're probably not betting the river. We're probably no. just checking back and seeing if we we're not in, betting. Right? That's the thing. Because otherwise, if we're betting, we're turning our hand into a bluff anyway. You're right. We kind of have to have the jack of spades to bet the river with the yeah, jack right. X. So, so that's the thing. So, so the queen jack is a more interesting question there. Yeah. Um, and I think you're right. I think that's probably a fold, which means this is going to work a lot. Yeah. Because we're going to have ace jack with the jack of spades and queen jack with the jack of spades. Yeah. And we're going to fold both of those. We have way less combos of king jack with a jack of spades, mm-hmm. actually. Yeah. So it's not a terrible play by Speranza. Tim Adams just has the right, the right hand what for if, it. What if we have jack 10 with a jack of spades? Now it's somewhere in the middle. That, that's, that's in the middle. Yeah, I think that's a flip a coin in your head type of Yeah. Because I, I, I feel like the king jack with a jack of spades is like an obvious call. Right. At this point. There's so little value he can yeah. have. We block so much. And of the it. jack 10 with a jack of spades is like, uh, I guess I do a what time is it on my watch and, and make a choice based on that. You know, mm-hmm. it's possible Speranza also has more bluffs than we're thinking. Like we're talking about him bluffing a pair here, right? He may also even take low spades and turn them into bluffs. Once, once we bet, that's, like he checks, he checks. No, he goes, there's check, no check. blocker there though. It's just a weird random play. Uh, that's true. But he may assume like we um, were betting full houses on the turn and we, he may think like sometimes we're betting the ace of spades on the turn too. Then it doesn't matter that we have that spades on the spades. It's just a way for him to get here. But I'm saying that's why he can check the river. He checks with his low spade. Thinking if it goes check, check, I win sometimes. And as soon as Timothy yeah. Adams bets, he's like, oh, he probably has a better flush than me. And sometimes I'm going to take a shot at him because the board's paired. It's maybe. always possible. You don't I think guess. so? Eh. I, I, I can see it. Eh, maybe. I, I can totally see yeah. it. I don't think we need that to make the call with this hand as Adams, though. I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. Ultimately, this is, even though it, against a lot of players, this is an easy fold, this is actually a relatively elementary call, ultimately. Like, I don't know that I would feel it was elementary at right. the moment. I would tank like crazy. Uh, but against, guy, against these guys, this is like, like I always say against what? Like Stephen Chidwick, you just, you just have to call in these spots yeah. against these guys. You can't fold good hands against these guys. They never have it. They always take shots, and they almost never have it. Like, you just can't fold. And Tim didn't. He ended up finishing 10th. So while Speranza, although he still survived this hand chip-wise, um, was out next, it looks like. Yeah, he went out 20th for $44,000. Timothy Adams, 10th for $82,370. I could give that two euros, but I'm not going to. I've got the numbers. Please I don't. have the numbers. But Please I, don't. I refuse to do it. Yeah. Because, you know, forget it. And I refuse to continue this podcast. <laughs>